I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. When Americans are polled about things like universal pre K, free community college, lowering medical costs, they generally give those ideas a lot of support, a lot of thumbs up, a lot of high marks, a lot of things that get cheers along the uh, campaign trail. Uh, those are a lot of the things that uh, President Biden's administration has included in the social spending or the reconciliation bill. Uh, but new numbers from Gallup show that Americans might want government to not do more or follow their old pattern of if some is good, more is better. What if they decide that less is actually more? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Again, it's easy to talk about free community college, universal pre-K, and and the list goes on and on and on. But do the American peoples really want more of that? Or do they want government to do a little less with that? Uh, Very pleased to have uh, joining us back on the program, Catherine Rample, who's an opinion columnist at the Washington Post. Catherine, thanks for coming back on the show. My pleasure. <laughs> Wonderful. So you have a great piece in the, the Washington Post uh, that the new problem for Democrats, Americans suddenly want smaller government after all. Tell us about it. Well, last year, there were there were a couple of surveys that were done, um, longstanding surveys that finally found for the first time that Americans were in favor of more active government. Basically, there's been this question that Gallup has asked for decades uh, about Um, would you prefer a government that does more to solve problems or do you think the government should do less? It's already doing too much. And historically, uh, most people have said government's doing too much. I want smaller government. Last year, um, for the first time ever, more than half of respondents said, I want government to do more. And around this time, of course, Joe Biden is elected. When he gets into office, there were a number of news stories along the lines of, Americans are welcoming a new era of big government. They want a more muscular public welfare state. There's a lot of support for the Biden agenda, et cetera. And I think that's part, that was partly reflected in that polling that I mentioned. Um, now, the survey has just been done again, and it turns out we reverted back to, we, the American people have reverted back to our previous long-term preference, which is we want smaller government. And this is a challenge, of course, for President Biden, for his fellow Democrats, as they are trying to usher through this enormous um, uh, safety net expansion, much of which I support, by the way, and the individual components of which most Americans also support. But even so, they're confronting the reality of this sort of philosophical opposition that Americans once again have, have historically also had, to an idea of a larger government in aggregate. So, so that's really the, the political challenge that Democrats face right now 
as they're trying to sell their agenda to the American people. Yeah, and I think it's become even more complicated, especially rolling uh, as we get ever closer to a, a full-on launch in terms of the uh, the midterm elections. Uh, and I, I love that you pointed out in your piece that uh, that a lot of these planks that that you mentioned they are they are popular, and it's easy to say, oh yeah, we want that, yeah, we want that. Uh, but now it seems, uh, and I don't know if this is just post-pandemic reality setting back in and suddenly people are saying, well, that all costs a lot of money. Uh, are you seeing anything that's that's driving that underlying or are we just reverting back to our yeah, smaller governments a little better? I think it's a combination of things. So, yes, the individual components of the legislation, things like paid leave, child care, expanding um, Medicare benefits, closing the Medicaid gap, things like that. Those all poll very well. Um, more than half of the American people, in some cases, like 80 to 90 percent of the public, support some of these individual components of the legislation. The problem is um, people don't know, A, what's in this, this, this legislation. They, you know, if you ask them, do you like the idea of lowering Medicare drug costs, for example, they'll say yes, but they don't necessarily know that's part of the plan. Um, so part of it is just people are not connecting the things that are popular with the actual substance of the bill because they haven't heard about the bill um, or, or what they've heard about. It doesn't get into those kinds of specifics. So it's partly that. I think it's also partly, again, this idea of Americans maybe like these these individual things, um, you know, on their own, but they don't like the total price tags that they would come to um, if you're trying to do all of these kinds of expansions at once, because at some point they cost money. um, And there is a question of who will pay for all of that. Democrats have said we will pay for childcare and paid leave and all of these other um, benefits that we're, we're trying to invest in through taxes on the rich taxes on corporations. Um, They've gotten cold feet somewhat on some of those taxes. Um, I think ultimately if something gets through, there will have to be some deficit financing, meaning that they won't be fully paid for today. But right. at some time in the future, people will have to pay for them. <laughs> and people don't like that idea, right? They, they, right? they see we're adding red ink to the, to the budget. Uh, to, we're, we're increasing deficits. Someday I'm going to have to pay for that, and that gets them nervous as well. So I think there's a, a number of different things going on here. And my um, message to Democratic lawmakers is essentially – you need to prioritize. Yeah. Uh, there, are, there are a lot of popular ideas here. There are a lot of good ideas here. I think, you know, these child care and paid leave and the child tax credit, pre-K, those are all good policies. In some form, would be good policies. Um, but at some point, you will probably have to prioritize because the American public may not support something that does all of these things at once. And it might also yeah. be difficult to implement all of these things simultaneously because <laughs> they're all complicated. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Great insight, as always. Catherine Rempel, opinion columnist at The Washington Post. I, I do believe this is both about prioritization, as you said, doing less but doing it better, uh, and also that the communication strategy has to be every bit as good, every bit as sharp, every bit as robust as the policy strategy. And I think those are some areas that are going to be tested in a big way in the months and weeks ahead. All right, we're going to step aside for a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to take a look at Bitcoin. A major U.S. city wants to pay its workers in cryptocurrency. Is that a good idea? A bad idea? We'll stay with the conversation coming up next. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, 
A woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.